Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. What's so important about the baby in the manger? Part 4. Detective Walton removed container number 10 and said, It's time for container number 11. Let's see what clues we can find there. May I have another volunteer who would open that box, please? Elijah raised his hand and stepped forward to open container number 11. Detective Walton recognized him and said, Tell me, what do you see? I found a sword, a cross and nail, and burial clothes, said Elijah. Detective Wilson said, You're right. Baby Jesus narrowly escaped being killed with a sword along with other babies in Bethlehem when King Herod tried to destroy him. However, God had a different plan. Jesus was to grow up, learn lessons of faith just as we have to learn, live a perfect life on our behalf, and serve others through sharing the word of God and by healing the sin-sick souls of those he met as he walked this earth. God's plan was the very same plan made before the world was created, that Jesus would live and die being nailed to a cross for our sins, so we could be saved by receiving His righteousness and living with Him eternally. John 3, 16 and 17 says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through Him might be saved. What an amazing God who loves us so much! Before Jesus died on the cross, he told his disciples what would happen to him. He told them of the destruction of the temple and what would be the signs of his second coming. You may find these signs in the books of Matthew 24 and Luke 21. Jesus told them that after these signs, everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up for your salvation is near. On the way to the Garden of Gethsemane, after the Last Supper, Jesus told his disciples not to let their hearts be troubled, because he was going to heaven to prepare a place for them, and he would come back for them. Yet, in the Garden, Jesus felt the weight of our sins bearing down on him. As a human being, he shrank from the thought of death and struggled in prayer to do the will of his Father. In the end, he willingly chose to offer his life for us. Though his disciple Judas betrayed him, Though his disciples fled when Jesus was arrested by the mob, though the priests, Pontius Pilate, and King Herod put Jesus through trials, though Jesus was flogged and mocked and spit upon, though the people shouted, Crucify him! Crucify him! Though his disciple Peter denied him three times, Jesus was willing to give up his life for them and for all of us. What a God! What a Savior! Detective Stanford continued, On the way to the cross, many eyewitnesses believed that Jesus was God by the way he treated those who wanted to crucify him. He treated them with forgiveness. The supernatural darkening of the sky, the earthquake, the ripping of the curtain in the temple by an unseen hand, doing away with the temple sacrifices because the true Lamb of God was hanging on the cross dying for our sins. All these things testified that Jesus was the Son of God. Even the thief on the cross and the Roman centurion testified of their belief in Jesus as the Son of God. The crushing weight of your sins and my sins that Jesus carried on his heart finally caused him to give up his life, bringing from him the cry, It is finished. Before the Sabbath, Jesus was taken down from the cross and laid in the tomb of Joseph of Arimathea. And there 
he rested over the Sabbath day. But three days later, Jesus burst forth victorious from the grave. The priests who had crucified Jesus on the cross couldn't keep him in the grave. The soldiers that Herod had assigned to seal and guard the tomb couldn't keep Jesus from coming out of the tomb. And even the truth couldn't be kept quiet by the shocked soldiers, for they shared it with those they met as they were on their way to tell the priests what had happened. Though the priests bribed the soldiers to circulate the lie that Jesus' disciples had taken his body, there were others who rose from the grave with Jesus, who also walked into the city of Jerusalem and witnessed to the people there that he had risen from the grave. Jesus appeared first to Mary Magdalene and later to his disciples and his mother Mary. Too many people saw Jesus to hide the truth. Too many saw the nail prints in his hands and feet and the wound in his side. Jesus is risen. He is victorious over death and the grave. Detective Walton moved container number 11 and said, Let's look at our last box, container number 12. She gestured to Trina and said, Tell me, what's in the box? Trina came forward, opened the box, and said, A pair of binoculars and a crown. She placed the binoculars against her eyes and looked upward through them, searching the sky. Then she laid them down and put on the crown. You're correct, responded Detective Walton. Jesus lived on the earth another 40 days after his resurrection. Before he ascended to heaven, Jesus told his disciples to go into all the world with the good news of salvation. But he didn't leave them to do it alone. He promised them the aid of the Holy Spirit, who would comfort and help them in their work. As the disciples looked up into the sky to catch the last glimpse of Jesus, they were told by two men in white robes that Jesus would come again just as they had seen him go. Many years have passed since Jesus promised his followers that he would come again. Some people don't believe that he is coming again because so much time has passed since he made that promise. But the signs of Jesus' soon coming are happening all around us. Earthquakes, famines, pestilence, and much more all telling us that it's about time for him to return once again. Closing container number 12, Detective Stanford picked up his Bible and spoke. That's right, Detective Walton. The Bible tells us to watch and be ready because we don't know the hour that Jesus will come. And why is Jesus taking so long to come? Because he's waiting patiently. He's waiting for us to accept his invitation because he doesn't want any of us to be lost because of sin, since he has provided a way for us to be saved. Jesus has provided the free gift of his robe of righteousness to cover the nakedness of our sins for each of us who will accept it. In Revelation 19.9, he says, Look, I will come as unexpectedly as a thief. Blessed are all who are watching for me, who keep their clothing, his righteousness, ready so they will not have to walk around naked and ashamed. Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding feast of the Lamb. These are true words that come from God. Detective Stanford flipped through his Bible to another reference. We are further encouraged in Hebrews 10, verses 36 to 39, which says, So do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. Patient endurance is what you need now, so that you will continue to do God's will. Then you will receive all that he has promised, for in just a little while the coming one will come and not delay. And my righteous ones will live by faith, but I will take no pleasure in anyone who turns away. But we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction. 
We are the faithful ones whose souls will be saved. God's word is true, so we can be sure of Jesus' last promise in the book of Revelation, which says, Yes, I am coming soon. Jesus will come as a king to reign forever with his people. Kids, Detective Walton and I want to thank you for helping us to open up the containers and boxes tonight. We hope you have enjoyed hearing the Christmas story in a little different way and that the question brought up at the beginning of this evening has been answered for you. Why is the baby in the manger so important? Because he is Jesus, the one who truly loved us enough to come and save us. It's about time for him to come again. He wants us to live with him forever and discover just how wonderful he is. Would you like to be there? You may receive God's free gift of salvation right now when you come just as you are, as a sinner. Ask him to forgive you for your sins and invite Jesus into your heart to give you a new, clean heart and cover you with his robe of righteousness. Won't you accept his wonderful free gift right now? Pastor Kenmore came forward to thank Detectives Stanford and Walton for their presentation and closed with prayer. Dear God, Thank you for loving us so much that you sent your son Jesus to come as a baby to live and die so we may be saved and live with you forever. We want to accept your free gift tonight and ask you to forgive our sins and give us the new heart you have promised. Please bless our little Christmas party tonight and bless us throughout the Christmas season with a sense of your peace. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Turning to the group with a smile, he said, Okay, kids, it's time to celebrate Christmas with some cookies and punch. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church.